Welcome, dear listeners, to the Campfire Cult Podcast. From a camper van deep in the haunted woods, I bring you first-hand accounts of chilling encounters with the paranormal. Step into the night and take a peek into the realm where reality and the supernatural collide. My name is Jazz, and I'll be your host. Tonight, in our debut episode, I'll be taking you back to where it all began, with the first of three of my own personal paranormal experiences. Now bear with me, this takes place back in 1996, uh, the day of my graduation actually. Uh, a little bit about me. So I spent most of my childhood living just outside of Los Angeles, but went to high school in a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Brookfield. Um, man, talk about a fish out of water experience that was. Um, moving from the west coast to the middle of the country anyway uh so not too far from where i lived there was a retired quarry that the city turned into a recreation area that became pretty much uh a favorite spot for all the locals to go fishing and camping kind of hang out for the day um just a place to a really good place to kind of just enjoy the outdoors so like i said it was graduation night and some friends and i decided to go camping uh, at that retired quarry for a night of, I don't know, <laughs> what, did, what did kids do back in the 90s? A uh, night of drinking, smoking pot, talking shit, and telling stories around the campfire, uh, pretty much without any regard to uh, what tomorrow brings. So real quick, one thing about me is that I've always enjoyed taking night walks. I think it's mainly because of the anonymity of walking, walking around in the dark at night. It's kind of nice. Uh, to be kind of cloaked in shadows. <laughs> but even more so as an adult, it's a really good opportunity for me to take the dogs for a long walk um, and listen to some paranormal podcasts. The night really sets the mood. So around midnight, I asked the group if they wanted to take a hike with me along the river. With a little liquid and smoked courage, everyone seemed to be down for the adventure. The hike, if you can call it that, uh, wasn't really difficult. It was basically just a well-maintained footpath along the Fox River. Um, so we were led only by this tiny little orange plastic flashlight that thankfully one of us had lying around in their car. We decided it'd be a good idea, and probably a lot more fun, to turn off the flashlight and make our journey in the dark and save the flashlight for emergencies or, you know, to roll a joint halfway through the, uh, the hike. About a half mile down the path, we stopped to roll said joint, and we all of a sudden we started to hear Man, what I can only describe as the sound of maybe like a 600-pound grown man jumping from about 20 or 30 feet off a cliff, doing a belly flop into the water. (laughs) 
we heard it over and over and over again um, while we're sitting around kind of stoned trying to roll this joint in the dark um, the one the one and only hunter in our group was certain it was a deer um, but unless that deer was doing belly flops into the water there is no way it was a deer or a bear <laughs> for that matter if anything a bear would be super stealthy and you know not want to scare off its you know its prey so no deer no bear the ground itself was level to the river there was no cliff or anything that you know boulders could fall and roll into the water from so that was ruled out as well um and basically just uh youth and logic dictated that we just didn't care all that much about it you know um yeah it was cool to hear it was an exciting event while we're you know on the on the side of the trail trying to roll a joint in the dark but uh nothing more than that so once we were done rolling the joint we uh embarked on i think maybe the next like the last mile loop um of this little like riverside trail about five minutes down further down the path as we're you know, just kind of recalling the event. My friend John, the the uh, true believer of the group at the time and avid X-File enthusiast, you know, we <laughs> he was busy discussing, you know, uh, theories as to as to what could have been occurring, um, be cryptid, Bigfoot. Um, at the time, there wasn't there was no talk of Dogman or anything like that. Although, Land and Quarry, uh, the quarry that we we're staying at, isn't very far away from where the Beast at Bray Road took place. That thing, that was no dog. That was too big to be a dog. That thing was bigger than me. That thing was stalking cornfields, jumping on cars, and feasting on roadkill. For two years, people in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, whispered about a king-sized creature who roamed Bray Road. It had really big claws. It was holding its roadkill like it had elbows, and it was kneeling on two knees like a human being might do. Anyway, so as we're, you know, walking, continuing our, our little hike uh, along the path, all of a sudden there was a big flash of light, incredibly bright, that kind of held for about three to five seconds. I don't know, it's, it seemed forever, but it could have only been about five seconds at the most. Um, and then just as quickly as it came, it uh, disappeared. The true believer in our group was busy berating himself for not checking the time on his watch before uh, the flash occurred. How he would have known that the flash was going to occur so he could check his watch beforehand is beyond me. So that was happening. Uh, there's several things that stood out to us. The sky was devoid of clouds. Um, there was no helicopters in sight. It was a moonless, uh, actually very starry night from what I can recall, and no airplanes flying by, and drones had not been invented to my knowledge just yet i mean this is pre-cell i guess it's the dawn of cell phones um definitely pre-drone um so i 
I know what you might be thinking. Uh, we were all smoking pot, drinking a little bit. Um, so the story's a little suspect. I, you know, I get it. And I would understand the skepticism if we uh, all hadn't experienced it at the same time. Um, and some of us were sober. <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was definitely, if it was a hallucination, it was a, a shared hallucination. Um, but anyway, in the aftermath, I kind of started to take deep dives into various types of lightning. So ball or heat lightning. Um, and even the government's favorite cause for some of this phenomenon uh, being swamp gas. I gave what I thought to be at that time the only scientific explanation possible for the faint lights in the swampy area. I made the statement that it could be swamp gas. And even though I went on to emphasize that I couldn't prove it in a court of law, that that was the full explanation for these sightings. Uh, none of these explanations truly accounted for what we, you know, what we had seen. So to this day, I, I really have no idea what it could have been. Uh, part of me wants to believe that the splashes in the river and the flash of light somehow are connected in some way, whether it be, okay, let's, let's dip into the world of the weird. Let's say it was a Sasquatch or Dogman clomping through the water. Um, and then the flash of light was a portal opening and them being, you know, jumping into the, whatever dimension they're coming from. That could, could very well be, <laughs> could also be heat lighting, who knows? Um, but the, the, it's, it's interesting to think about. And what's, what's kind of odd is that none of us, from what I can recall, ever really talked about it after that night. It was just something that happened and, you know, occasionally I'll think about it. I don't know, it's just one of those strange life events. I almost forgot. One really, really interesting fact about this is that during that very bright flash of light, even though our eyes were completely uh, used to being in the dark and actually seeing quite well in the dark, None of us experienced the usual reflex of squinting our eyes in pain as if somebody, you know, had suddenly switched on the light while you were asleep in a completely dark room. Uh, it was quite the opposite, actually. In fact, most of, most of us distinctly remember being able to see everything around us in unbelievable detail. The environment around us uh, pretty much imprinted on our collective memory, uh, it seems like. To this day, except for high-definition photographs, I've never seen anything as intricate in detail um, as the leaves, tree bark, and tall grass that surrounded us that, that night. It was uh, just pretty amazing, actually. So that is my first uh, paranormal experience, or hopefully a paranormal experience. <laughs> Again, I'm realistic enough to know that it could just be ball lightning or whatever it was, but it was pretty cool. It started me down the path of... Uh, being completely obsessed by the paranormal and uh, I don't know makes for a fun story honestly I'd rather live in a world where these things could possibly exist than in a world where they don't um, yeah I'd rather live in a world of possibility something as sterile as you know you you're born you live and you die that's so fucking boring to me and I don't know I'd rather believe in Bigfoot
Well, folks, it looks like that's about it for tonight. And uh, please join me next week for part two of three of uh, <laughs> the genesis of... Yeah, you know what? Let's just call it an obsession. Lifelong obsession. Um, and again, uh, if you like what you're hearing, you know, please follow, rate, and review. That'll help us out a lot. And if you have a story to tell, feel free to reach us at reach us reach me at contact at campfirecultpod.com you can find us all over the place at any of our socials at campfirecultpod and online at campfirecultpod.com 